for real estate investor, funny that you started by saying we're all here to share. Because I found one of the ways to communicate is to share what we learned. Be careful <laughs> of what advice you take as well, because I've seen people putting out advice that's counterintuitive or totally not legal. Right. Um, just from what I learned, I'm not a licensed financial advisor or lawyer or accountant. However, just by doing different deals, I know certain things we shouldn't say. We shouldn't put out certain things on Facebook, for example, to say, hey, this is a return you're going to get. You're not guaranteeing anything. Things like that. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast. It's for you, the busy real estate investor who wants to stand out from the crowd and attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time. My name's Paul Copcut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes a real estate investor brandtastic and how you can apply it to your real estate investing business. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable so you can begin to implement quickly and easily to get the results you want in your business. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Welcome to today's episode of REI Branded. And my, I'm Paul Copcut, and I am joined today by Brooke Shang. Uh, Brooke is a very interesting uh, lady with an interesting background. Um, she has an MBA from Schulich School of Business and an honors BA from University of Toronto in Economics and Environmental Studies. Currently, she works as a management consultant, but she is also heavily involved in real estate. And she also has a book, um, which I will, which I'm sure she's going to wave in front of us so we can see it, but um, Financial Freedom the Royal Way, Seven Commandments from the Networking Queen of Real Estate. So welcome, Brooke. Um, Welcome to REI Branded, and perhaps you can kick off and yeah. tell us a little bit about how you got involved in real estate, mm -hmm. and and then a little bit mm -hmm. about the kind of marketing and branding that you've done as uh, as both the networking queen of real estate and, and what else you're doing. <laughs> and thank you, Paul. When I started, I was actually still working at that time. Well, I'm still working now, and I thought I'll just get educated first because, as Paul mentioned, I went through a lot of traditional education. So I thought I'll get myself educated in real estate, see where it takes me. And at the time, I was already in my 40s, so no time to waste, of course. The thing I think I did a lot back then was just absorb and get myself educated and start networking. So I kind of knew how other people get started to learn from their experience and like for everybody, I think we are all unique. So we have to find what's unique about ourselves. For me, mm -hmm. I think it's just the fact that I'm approachable. I'm a mom. So I'm very down to earth. That's one thing. And I don't mind just talking to people. And even after I learned so much, I'm willing to share whatever I learned. And that's why I'm here, Paul, as well. Right. So that, that's an interesting, because I think a lot of people are very fearful of networking. And mm -hmm. They think all oh, people are going to think X, Y, Z of me, or I, I may sound stupid because particularly if you're going into a new, new industry, you know nothing about. So having that kind of open mind. So how, yes. how did you first start off with that networking? Who did you kind of look to or what did you do? Mm -hmm. What were the first kind of steps to get started? 
That's a good point. I'm actually very shy in person. I found it easier to just do one-on-one conversation. So if that's something you're more comfortable with, start with that. I basically just ask my mentors, ask my peers, where do you network? If you have been to a few meetup events, where do you find the most valuable um, to start with? So that's basically what I did. It's not that hard to find because basically everybody starts from their backyard where they could just drive to and meet a few investors. And the funny thing is you might bump into a lot of uh, the same investors. People don't just go to the events in their backyard or close to them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I meet people driving two hours from where they live just to be in the event that's have that have you have the reputation or provide the information that they're looking for. So that's how I started by just talking to people. One thing is Facebook is big now. So if you see mm-hmm. active investor or people who are doing what you want to do, reach out to them. So yes, if you're shy, it's very uncomfortable, especially when you start to everybody seems so experienced, right? They're on stage and you want to talk to them. If you just do one-on-one conversation to start, I think most people are open and easier to start as well. So take away that uncomfortable factor. It, it, the interesting thing I have found and and you you may have found the same because you're coming from a corporate background and you've probably mm-hmm. been to other conferences and events. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing I find with real estate investors is they've it's a very supportive and open group. It, yes, people real estate investors don't even actually see themselves. You know, another real estate investor right next to them, they don't view them as as competition. Exactly, which is which is so unusual, isn't it? So I think. Maybe a lot of people who are maybe just getting into real estate investing are coming from the mindset of, oh, no, this is you know competition and why would I speak to them? And yet they'll probably be pleasantly surprised as to how open people are to help. Exactly. So, for example, if you're looking for a lawyer, you're looking for a real a realtor that's investor focused in a certain market. If you just get the words out, people will be here to help you. The abundance mindset, that's like exactly like what you said. Not because you have more deal, I couldn't do as much. It's not like that. Right. And you get really creative. So, you know, sometimes this deal works for certain people. It, it might not work for me or vice versa. So that gets us to competitive advantage too, right? Because we're in marketing and branding. Our competitive advantage is what we have. And everybody is different. Say, for example, I'm in rent to own or I'm doing some other deals. I've I've done different things. So if people want to ask somebody who has done different deals or different strategies, they will come to me. And that's my competitive advantage. And another thing people come to me is, how do you manage your time? That's one big question. (laughs) How do you manage your time? How do you manage your time? (laughs) What are your tips? I think everybody can agree. If it's something you love to do, you'll find the time. If you want to binge watch something on Netflix, you will find the time because I know this is what I love to do. And because I did it, I've seen results. So every step of the way, I want to do more. And one thing is everything is important in your life. For example, my family, my kids, then I have to allocate time to do that. I think if you don't tell yourself you're busy, you don't tell yourself it's impossible for sure. You'll find the time. So, of course, I do things like putting down what I have to do in the morning just go through my to-do list and also 
I don't know if you do that too, a set intention in the morning of what I want to do. So today, for example, I told myself before I even um, got out, out of bed, I said, I want to do an amazing podcast with Paul. So I'm preparing myself to do that and get myself prepared. Just thinking, you know, this is about marketing, about branding and how I want to focus my attention to and remember what we're here for, kind of. Like you said, providing ways to help investors think about easy steps to take, what they can do to be fantastic, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. every day is a different thing. And for example, tomorrow I have a closing. A day after I have another closing. Not the easiest, especially now, then I will focus on, hey, today, this is the thing I have to get done. Even though I have other meetings, even though my kids are in school right now. So just focus on what's important first for that day. And the bigger picture is what's important for you to reach certain goals in a certain period of time. For example, when I wrote my book, I set a timeline of one year. So no matter what, I have to finish it in one year. Even though I might have writer's block at one point, that kind of thing, just do it. I still have to finish it. Right. That, yeah, that's basically how I look at how I manage my time. I want to go back to marketing and branding in a second, but first, mm -hmm. you mentioned you mentioned Facebook, and obviously, in the current situation that we're in, we can't go to meetups. There, you know, the networking meetings aren't happening. Mm -hmm. What are your What are your tips, or what are you doing to to network uh, in the current climate? Actually, on um, on the flip side, it's actually an opportunity because we don't have to drive an hour and a half. We don't have to find babysitters particularly just to go to that meetup. And also a lot of meetups are free now. When they used to charge for admission, they're now free because they want people to attend, right? So I think that's a good way to get started too. And we always have to pivot. So we have to, if we're presenting, for example, right now, we're having podcast, we have to pivot and learn how to communicate in a different platform now because how we present and how we communicate is basically how we brand ourselves, right? So mm -hmm. yes, in this environment, we have to pivot. And same thing, go to meetups and participate, have your camera on. For example, a lot of people don't. They just no, sit they there don't. quietly <laughs> listening. Yeah, you're so right. They they don't. I, mean, I don't know why it is. I, well, I, I, can, I guess I can, I can guess. But. So mm -hmm. what about branding and, and marketing? What are the, what are the uh, ideas or insights that you have for, for a real estate investor thinking about what they need to do? For a real estate investor, funny that you started by saying we're all here to share. Because I found one of the ways to communicate is to share what we learned. Be careful <laughs> of what advice you take as well, because I've seen people putting out advice that's counterintuitive or totally not legal. <laughs> Right. Um, just from what I learned, I'm not a licensed financial advisor or lawyer or accountant. However, just by doing different deals, I know certain things we shouldn't say. We shouldn't put out certain things on Facebook, for example, to say, hey, this is a return you're going to get. You're not guaranteeing anything, things like that. So to market ourselves, I think one thing we can do is to be supportive of each other. Like, for example, on Facebook group, I would say, okay, if you're in this market, I would suggest this realtor. I've worked with them. They're great. However, I will also ask, because you don't want to waste anybody's time. I will also ask, why are you looking for a realtor in this market? Some people might just say, I just want to get the words out that I want to get into this market. Or some people are saying, I already have a deal that might, might, might be 
starting pretty soon. So I want somebody who can work on the deal right away. That would be different um, in terms of who I'm going to connect them to. So one thing is to provide value. That's basically what I'm getting at, to provide value. And that's why a lot of people approach me as well. So that's one thing. Second thing, I think, is to tell people what your competitive advantages are. For me, is the different deals I've done. I don't just do one thing. However, everybody knows that that I focus on rent-to-own, for example. So if they have a tenant or they have investors that are interested in, in certain strategies, then they will connect me to, to them. And third, my book. <laughs> Seriously, that's actually how probably you reach me, how other people reach me, just to understand what, what I wanted to say in the book. And my focus is to help new investors to get started or even for investors who are already investing but want to um, change their portfolio or want to maximize their portfolio. So that is my goal. And a big part of it is the mindset, I think, in real estate investing. I do think marketing and branding is like energy, right? Because if your name is up there, you ma- you maximize your profit, basically, because people know who you are. You kind of save a lot of energy, save a lot of hassle to go through go through the steps of earning the trust, the like, no like and trust factor, basically, because you put it in writing. And what would be if if somebody were to if you were to do a quick summary of your book or say mm-hmm. this is the one thing that you really need to think about because you've got your seven commandments. I'm just wondering, is there one that you'd say first and foremost that you absolutely must be thinking about this? It's actually a step by step process in my book. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I start with a lot of mindset stuff because. Before I got into the strategy in my book, I wanted the the readers to understand how you should prepare yourself. So I start by saying, hey, this is, I use my story. This is me. So I started with the reason why I get started. So everybody should start from that process. So I think the beginning, the, the first couple of commandments are the most important thing. So why are you doing this? Basically, your financial goals. It's not just about buying properties. Actually, I discourage people or my students to say, hey, I have 10 properties. It doesn't matter because I've seen people who have who have done it for years, but it's not a business. They, they don't have a brand. They don't have a business. They accumulate properties. There's no cash flow or they couldn't quit their nine to five, for example, if that's your goal. By doing that, they're not going to be able to do that. If they buy a property, negative cash flow and it doesn't help them, then they're just door or property collectors, right? If somebody can buy one property and cash flow and quit their job, then that's the whole point. So yes, that's the that's the point of my book to get people started. However, like anything else, any business set the foundation right first. That's why the first couple of commandments are the important thing. I know there are people who, who just read from the third or the fourth chapter and start their strategies right away. You could do that. However, I think if you don't have the foundation, it's not going to be 100% smooth no matter what you do. So if they start from that, they don't have the stamina to continue going or a lot of people just quit, you know, or not knowing what to do with the deal. And that's very similar to a brand, isn't it? Because Mm -hmm. if there's 
you know, the brand, if you don't have a brand foundation, you're going to lose it somewhere in the future in terms of either messaging or you'll lose focus or you'll lose direction or you'll end up diluting your, um, your efforts or your actions or your resources because of it. So very, yeah, very good point. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, why do you think it is that people don't do that? Cause people just want to get started. I think a lot of people get into real estate and just say, Hey, I heard so-and-so made so much money in real estate. I want to do it. So they don't think about branding. They don't think about what they should do first. They just want to get started. Buy a property. And I see other people lining up for a pre-construction. I want to line up too. They don't think about branding. They don't think about how they want to do this in the long haul. Right. What are you finding is working at the moment? I a very hot property market, mm-hmm. very difficult, very competitive. What's mm-hmm. working not not necessarily having to give away your secrets, but what's, what's what are you <laughs> what mind. are you finding that's working? Okay. Yeah, a lot of things could work in um, your advantage if if we're focus, say for example focusing on branding. I think in real estate, a lot of it is personal brand. Like I know your name, some but some people know my name. They don't necessarily know the name of my company, for example. Mm-hmm. However, they know what Brooke does and. Same thing for other investors I know or work with, or if they're active like me, going on podcasts, going on meetups to share experiences. We know who they are. We don't necessarily know their company names. However, if I know I want to learn about your venture, I know who to go to. If I, if I want to learn about suited apartments, I know who I would go to. Do I know their company name? Not necessarily. However, I know the investor. I know the name. So I think personal brand equity is very important. And, and people sometimes don't think about that. That's built over time as well. So say, for example, in, in the market like now, why would some realtor approach certain investor but not others? Because they have the reputation of closing the deal. They have the reputation of knowing what to do in that market. So, for example, the house I'm closing tomorrow, there were 14 bids and we got it. I didn't overpay at all. So things we do have a real, real, really good um, realtor. That's the first thing. Some I've worked with so many realtors. I've worked with realtors who've been working in the industry for 18 years. However, that doesn't mean they they are as good as people who work with investors and know what, what it takes to work in this market. So in that case, I would say, yeah, if you if you have the reputation, you have the brand up first, you can close, you know how it works, you're easy to work with, your power team, say, for example, your realtor, your mortgage broker, they'd be willing to work with you and work hard for you. They, they're willing to go the extra mile to work for you. And also, it's repeat business, right? We don't just buy one house and stop there. No, we also refer other people too. Right. And reputation, yeah. you're you're absolutely right, it, and and that can work for you, or it can really work against you if you're doing, if you've built mm-hmm. a, a bad reputation. Exactly. Do you see that? Do you see that being even more important as we see what will probably be eventually some kind of switch in the market or slowing down of the market, or or do you not see the market slowing down or or changing? I've been in real estate investing seriously in uh, in the past, so four or five years now. I think we're lucky. Mm-hmm. In general, the market kept going up, but I've also seen markets slowing down. 
I think as an investor, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Switch your strategy or pivot. We always say pivot as you go. That doesn't mean we cannot invest anymore. You just invest in different things. Your strategies have to change. I'll give you an example. When I started, Facebook Marketplace is not that popular. We don't advertise on Facebook Marketplace that much, right? And back then, it was more Kijiji, um, Craigslist. And that Mm -hmm. was only like three, four years ago. It's not that long ago. And now I've seen more people with results on Facebook, say, for example, and even TikTok. I've seen a lot of investors on TikTok too. So it's constantly changing. Same thing as the market. It doesn't mean the market changes. You cannot do anything. You just have to pivot and do different things or structure your deals differently. Right. Okay. Yeah. What about um, what about favorite brands or what brands do you like and, and why? You know, the funny thing is there's a lot. However, I look up to the entrepreneurs that started the company. There are certain products that I love. I love how certain people care. A big thing, I think, is authenticity. I think when Steve Jobs was still an Apple, he has a vision. And I think from iPhone 4 to 6 or after he died, it's very different. We still love it. However, I don't feel it's the same anymore. I think Mm. they're just doing things differently to be different. I think when the brand equity was built is when he personally cared. He personally had the vision that all the devices have to be user-friendly. I I still love Apple. However, I think it's different now. I love other brands as well because I looked up to the entrepreneurs that started it. Um, other brands I love, I love Nike and because I'm in the OEM industry. They don't make anything, but we love them because oh, they have so, a brand. Sorry, sorry, I was just going to ask you probably... Um, some people might not know what OEM is, so perhaps. Oh, okay. Original equipment manufacturer. So of all the computer industry, um, of the computer brands I've worked with, I'm actually on the um, OEM side, meaning where the actual people behind it were just not the brand. So, uh, yeah. So just give you an example. I started my first job as working for Acer Computer. Uh, the headquarters mm-hmm. so that was great as somebody's first job i've seen you know how they manage the whole world basically so it's amazing to have that opportunity however um as acer evolved i switched to the manufacturing side so work with other brands that use our manufacturing facility so basically you're helping them complete their vision of what they want to achieve Gotcha. So this is like uh, with Apple Foxconn, isn't it? There's the people that make the phones, but we all think we're buying an Apple phone, but it's actually Foxconn that built it. Yes. And just a side note, if everything is built in the States, Apple phone will cost the cost of making, it will be over $2,000, which won't make sense for us consumers. So same thing for other products, right? So the computer I'm using now or when we were talking about Nike, they have so many different SKUs, meaning they have so many different styles and they don't just have Foxconn. They also have backup, right? Mm-hmm. They have a second source in case something happens. So it's things like that. When I look at my day job, when I look at real estate, same thing, your brand is important. Who's making the most profit? People are <laughs> working their ass off 
in the factory producing the products. And it's very strict. I actually look at people that work for us. It's so hard to, to you know, make that hourly wage. We're very strict on the quality. They have to produce so many. They cannot make mistakes. However, they have to be fast. They have to be experienced. They have to make no mistakes in the system. So it's it's not easy. However, everything is behind the brand. Why can this product sell? Why does a spokesperson get paid so much? Because being them, they can sell the product. Yeah, so that's why brand is so important. Yeah, so back to your question. I love Apple, but I think it's because I love the vision back then. And um, other brands, I, I even like Tim Hortons. I think it's everywhere. We can depend on it. However, I admire what Starbucks does because my teenagers love Starbucks. They're willing to pay five, six dollars for a cup of ice. It's mainly ice. <laughs> when you ask them not to give you ice, it's probably half of the cup, right? So it's amazing yeah. what they can do with the products right. they have and with the brands that they put out there. Yeah. I heard a great story about Apple and Steve Jobs. I don't know if it's actually true, but it's such a great story, and it would it would it wouldn't surprise me if it's true. When the iPhone was first being developed, mm -hmm. he was sitting in a room with a bunch of the product development people, and they had one prototype of the Apple phone, and he picked it up and he said, "It's not thin enough." Mm. And they said, "Well, that's the best we can do." You know, the, uh, there's so he apparently in this conference room there was a fish tank. And he walked over with the one prototype and dropped it in the fish tank. As it sank to the bottom, bubbles came up. He said, there is space because there's air. Wow. He said, go back and go back and make it thinner. Mm -hmm. I think I, it doesn't surprise me that that would be his, his approach because he really was fastidious about the quality and, and getting it absolutely right. And, and design and everything else but okay yeah see that's when that's why i look up to the entrepreneurs not just the brand and also elon musk no matter what he does like spacex we're not going to use a product but we look up to him to realize his visions it all seems so impossible it all mm -hmm. seems like impossible if it's up to anybody else to do it or even envision it i, I know there's stories about how difficult they are in person to work with, however, with their vision and what they're able to accomplish. And another brand I was going to say is Uber. Basically, they mm -hmm. don't have physical product themselves. However, if they can achieve that just with a brand, and they actually produced a lot of entrepreneurs by doing that. I've talked to a lot of Uber drivers. A lot of Uber drivers want to get somewhere else. However, this is something anybody can do. Right to get themselves started and work on your own time as well. Right. Yeah, Good. wonderful. Um, what about business books or podcasts? What uh, what favorites do you have? I like quite a few. On the top of my mind, I like Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu. He is he's fantastic in a way that he's very authentic. I th oh, I think I love anybody who's authentic. So when okay. you listen to the podcast, he's not trying to hide who he is. 
and his brand. I also love his brand, his because Quas he did it for his mom and sister because they were obese. He wanted wanted to make sure he produced something that is tasty, that is healthy, that could help people um, have a healthy lifestyle. And it, basically, anybody I admire, he has interviewed. So I love his podcast. Another one is Brendan Bouchard. Um, podcast mm-hmm. interview. It's funny. It's not related to real estate directly. I think a lot of it could apply to what we do because we're all entrepreneurs. We we face the same doubts. We have the same fear sometimes, right? We always say, "Hey, we have to conquer fear." It pops up once in a while, still, because we are doing different things every day. Every deal is different. All the deals have different issues or things we have to work through. I didn't want to say issues or problems because we're supposed to be problem solvers. And I think the bigger the problems we solve, the more profit we make. Because if it's easy, everybody will do it, then you won't have the profit you're looking for as much. And that's also the same thing with the brand. I think we trust the brand because they show consistent results. We know, hey, we can depend on that. We can depend on what they're going to deliver. Like Apple we're talking about. I really don't think Apple is the same without Steve Jobs or the vision. However, it's still dependable. The, the quality or things I want is still there. Um, even though I've always been in the computer industry, I'm never tech savvy. The good thing is I always have techs that can help me. Anything happens, they'll help me. And I remember when I Apple is my first smartphone. I went to the Apple store. I said, can you go through how to use an Apple phone? And they told me, just go home. You'll know how to use it. It's so easy. I basically open the package and start to play with the apps. Hey, it's that easy that they actually right. deliver what they promised. It's so easy for the users. So the brand, the brand promise, and and Brendan is very Brendan Bouchard is. Uh, I would see a lot of the reasons you like it is his mindset um, mm-hmm. approach. He's very big on mindset and positive thinking. Um, yes, he said sometimes it's so positive. <laughs> he bothers people with his happiness, positive energy. And that is true <laughs> in a lot of cases when other people are not in such a prime state, they'd be like, hey, why are you so happy? However, I think he also delivers. He's like you said, he's constantly in that state. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever I'm looking for inspiration, if I want to be back to that state i look for people like that or i listen to podcasts that can cheer me up and another person i really look up to is oprah because any everything she had or her past is against her for being successful and she achieved it and i think she unselfishly given out a lot of her resources and actually a lot of people i follow is after i listen to the interview so brendan bouchard for example was interviewed by Oprah and a lot of other people. And actually, Rich Dad, Rich Dad is a book, the business book, I, of course, I would recommend to anybody who wants to get started, real estate or not, if you just want to know how money works. Now we're living the life. So the funny thing is, I look back, I'm like, yeah, that's it. This is the life we're living now. However, when I read it, it's just a mindset book. So mm-hmm. same thing. I actually found out about Rich Dad through Oprah's interview. So that was probably in 2000, like really early, really early in my career. So I think you make a good point of 
always being open to something new or always being mm-hmm. willing to learn. And, and again, I do find that in real estate investors uh, generally that they are that, that way. They're not necessarily as closed-minded as you might find in other corporate settings or in other, in other industries. People yeah, seem to that- be that much more open. Yeah, that's very true. I think everybody is an inter- entrepreneur in their own in their own sense. Not everybody focuses on the same strategy, for example. However, this is our business, so mm-hmm. we have to treat it like our own baby. It's very different from working in the corporate world. I mean, you and I, even with experience, I think we benefit a lot from seeing how the corporate world works and seeing how the vision or what the company company could accomplish in a huge scale at the same time we're also doing this it's our own business and we start from real estate it's just that real estate is our business not necessarily the house itself however it's just the tools right you can mm-hmm. you can say do a mortgage on a property you don't ever have to see the property in a lot of cases so for me i think real estate or what we're doing is using real estate as a tool, as a financial planning tool. Right. It, it's just that Good it's point. so creative and there's so many right. things we could do with it. Now you mentioned you're not tech tech savvy, but any favorite <laughs> uh, tools or resources that you're using at the moment that, you're, that you like? You know, the funny thing is I like things simple. I, I'm still using a lot of Excel sheets. Um, mm-hmm. There are some programs I use for tenant management, for example. So uh, depending on everybody's business, because I do rental. So in terms of tenant management, I don't have to care, you know, when to clean the filter, when they have to check the furnace again, because it's up to them. It's treated as their home. So instead, I care about their credit. So I use Landlord Credit Bureau, for example. Mm-hmm. So that's a great tool for me to use. and. Um, I have a website. <laughs> so I think right now there are so many different tools come to think about it. My book is one thing I do. Um, another thing I found has been changing is I have a whole bunch of good business cards I don't give out anymore. Because even at a meetup, everybody's like, just pull out your cell phone. Let's text each other so we have each other's contacts. And that's it. Right. So, yes, I do have business cards. I found that has changed a lot. I even have seen people with QR code. So if you just scan their code, done, you have their business contest, you even have their website. So in that sense, I think a lot of tools have changed. Um, I think the good thing about not being tech savvy is then you use the best tools. You use the best tool that's user-friendly, that's easy to use. And same thing I have, I've been in the computer industry for a long time. So back in the days, I remember the same thing we did. We open up a computer and we say, hey, you have to find a way. If the fan is too loud, how can you deal with the heat issue? And, and there's a lot of things we could do. What I mean is there's a lot of creative side to it. And at the same time, if you do this and that, don't change the user experience. So same thing with the tools we use in marketing. We want to find something easy to use. There are still a lot. So far, I haven't found a CRM that I like. I still found it to be um, not easy to use. Say, mm-hmm. for example, some CRM is focused on just issuing invoice. That, however, I want everything in there. I want my customer or my investor information in there. Some CRM are focused on different things. 
So same thing with tenant management, for example. I don't use things that are too complicated. So I just use what I need. So what I need is I want them to pay it on time. So that's important. So they would, if they know their credits, it's going to be affected. And I send out, say, for example, emails to remind them a few days before rent is due that they have to get ready for the first of the month, for example. Yeah. So these are the kind of things I'm using. If you have a great one, let me know. That's that's a good point. I do, actually. And I'm just going to underline your point about using the tool or the resource to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve versus complicating things or picking something with 17 features when you only need one, like Mm -hmm. an Excel sheet. If Mm -hmm. if Excel sheet works, then use Excel. For CRMs, we we actually had a guest on a previous podcast episode, Michael Halbier, um, and he is an SEO and Google um, pay-per-click specialist, and he recommended HubSpot as a CRM. And it's free. And HubSpot has both, and I've just started using it based on his recommendation, Um, but it has marketing, it has sales, it has has operations. So all of it you can use. But the interesting thing was, um, as part of it, you can put into the back end of your website. And now I have a bot on my website, which is HubSpot's. I haven't paid anything for it. And I can actually interact with people you know with a with a bot and i will get an email straight away if somebody starts to interact on my website using the bot or they ask oh, that's a, a good question point. so I, I was amazed at what they're they're off- obviously there's they're always trying to set up sell you to upgrade you but yeah um, at the moment i haven't found the need to upgrade but it's uh, I'm, I'm impressed with what i've seen so far wow that's good to know because I used HubSpot briefly just for my coaching job. So mm-hmm. we use it briefly, but I didn't know they they had that. I didn't use that function. So it's no. good to know. Right. Um, favorite quote. You've got a great quote in your book, which I think you should definitely share. Um, or, um, <laughs> But uh, any other quotes that you have that are kind of your favorite? Oh, I have tons. <laughs> I have tons. Okay. And every day I put on <laughs> different ones in my journal. So I think the one you mentioned is if you're playing not to lose, you never win. Because I think that's what a lot of people do. That's why people have a job for 40 years and then just waiting to not lose and retire one day. However, are you really winning? No, because you're uncomfortable about cashing out. You're worried about, I don't have a golden goose, what I'm going to do. And you're not going to work forever. So that's one of my favorite. And I like simple quotes. So if it's too long, I won't remember it. Another one is, it seems impossible until somebody has done it. And another one is whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. And that's by Henry Ford. Because I do believe human potentials are amazing. However, why do why can somebody do it? I think one of the important things is sometimes we see other people do it, then we realize it can be done. If it's never done before, then we think, hey, that cannot be done. So if you say you can, you'll be able to do it. A lot of the times people don't say it can be done because nobody has done it before. So I think it goes hand in hand with this. It seems impossible until somebody does it. That's why it's good to follow a mentor or a coach because they clearly, they clearly have done it. So success leaves clues. That's another quote. Jim Rome, Tony Robbins, they use that a lot. Yeah, I have tons. 
And <laughs> in my book, I also use the example of the 10 second run. So back in the days, now people are used to 100 meter at the Olympics, nice, nice second or, you know, less than 10 second mm-hmm. as pretty much the norm now. However, back in the days, nobody have achieved it. But now it's the aim that all the athletes aim for because somebody has done it. And in a lot of cases, say, for example, even figure skaters, somebody did a triple axel. Nobody did it before. Now it's quadruple. Why? Because somebody did it. Then the next person will aim for that. Yeah. So I have tons of I think that's a great mantra to to finish off with because I think that's exactly what you've been underlying and, and sharing with with everybody today is you know somebody's done it before follow what they've done uh, try it yourself it'll mm-hmm. work uh, and mind mindset and and mentoring and following systems and and having having steps to get you there to get it's, you there it's great yeah wonderful any any final tips insights um suggestions that you have for the REI branded audience. Wow, my God. Thank you. Because I have so much more to say that as, <laughs> as we're finishing it up. Because I remember Tom Bilyeu said, now he says human potential is nearly limitless. Because when he said human potential is limitless, it actually offended some people. So I think I think people are limiting ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I think even with what we achieved so far, I mean, I've been only in real estate for four or five years now. I I think I can do so much more. I think, you know, if we continue to do it, especially like Paul, you mentioned, brand is important. Once we build it up, it's going to accelerate too. So I think, yes, our potential is huge and we can continue to do more, especially in the real estate realm. Everybody's helping everybody. There's abundance everybody know it's abundance that's why we're here to help that's why everybody's sharing right and Mm -hmm. one thing about our own brand is being authentic everybody is different and in marketing what i've learned of course you do the SWOT analysis you find your competitive advantage you find your goal you have a goal for for your brand and have that vision at the same time be unique. Otherwise, everybody, if everybody has the same vision, it's like cast out of the bag. We're all going to do the same thing. We're all going to do a sweet conversion. Everybody will do the same. Then you don't have a brand. Then you're you're in, in the sea of sameness, right? So yes, in terms of branding, find something that's you, authentic, and that's your competitive advantage. That's unique. And for me, for example, I'm not the only one writing a book a lot of momtrepreneurs out there and a lot of people still love their job. I still do. So, I mean, I have all these different roles that made me unique. Same thing for your audience. I'm sure they have different roles. They are. They're probably an athlete, for example. I'm never athletic. So I look up to people who are. And same thing. Think about what your, what's your unique selling point. What's, what makes you unique? What's your competitive advantage? Don't just do the same thing. So I think I've heard other of your podcasts. People are saying, everybody is saying, buyers, buyer, um, buy fast. That's your brand. That's your name. However, everybody says that. Then how do you make yourself different? Especially that's a very competitive space. And in my space, I look for creative financing. I look for rent to own. And my joint ventures are very creative, not just one way, sometimes three way, for example. So 
people will come to me to ask about how do you create creatively find a deal or solve the problem. And also, as we mentioned, people ask me, how do you manage your time? That's the biggest excuse. I don't have time. I'm still working. I have young kids. Now they're at home learning. So I constantly have to attend to them. Yes, everybody has that. However, make that your unique selling point. So for me, yeah, being a mom entrepreneur, that's one big thing for me too. I think it was may have been Mark Twain that said, be yourself because everybody else is taken. I exactly. Was, I think it was Mark Twain. But So I, I've really enjoyed meeting the, the brand of Brooks Chang. Thank you for your time today and your oh, insights you, and sharing. And uh, we really, really have enjoyed that. And uh, have a fantastic day. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day. <laughs>